You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Man, all right, well, we got four check marks. Oh, I hit the mic. I'm, uh, we're here. We're uh, a little late running to the car. It's the, I think, post pandemic reality is kind of here because uh carl you lived in seattle for a little bit too the five yep Ooh, man that uh that traffic is no joke but uh, mm-hmm. welcome in everybody we got five check marks now um and, you know we're happy to have things kind of starting to be uh our new normal but uh, that means traffic is back and i'm sure in denver as well so uh shout out to everyone and uh let's say uh, let's say let's say hello first let's say hello to everyone carl hello to you but first more important than carl more important than me <laughs> the comment section no way man coming in here saying uh, go broncos woo i'm hyped for the pod uh we got uh, bradley conger in the house too saying clipboard for teddy and lock can use everything else all right bradley well we'll see how it plays out george newton's in the house good to see you george hello all hello to you george good to see you gary neighbors is in the house go broncos number one country tonight thank you very much we got jetty splash with the uh, cute pick of his, is that a bird or a dog? I can't tell with it's so small. I know, yeah. It's a, a dog bird, bird dog. Um, well, either it, way. It's a bird. Jitty. It's a bird. All right, it's I, a I just expanded it. Yeah, yeah, it's a bird. <laughs> All right, well, rock and roll, says uh, Jetty Splash with the bird. We got Man U Caribbean coming in here with a wave. Hello to you, Man U. Hope you're doing pretty well. Good to see you. Good, good to see you. We got Charlie. Come on, Baxter. Don't you know I don't speak Spanish? Uh, what, what is, what's going on here? Senior Where Nick. is... Nick, where is Mr. Nick? Nick? Senior he Nick is, is not here. That's what that is. Nick I'm is working here. on my Spanish, so I'm, I'm getting a little better here. Gazoon tight. Um, Greg Smith is in the house. Good to see you. Good, e- uh, good evening, Greg Smith. Jay, one of my faves. I love you, Jay. Both Jays, Jay Kozad and Jay Roper in the house. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see both you. Brian Bowman. Hello. How you doing? Oh, it's a bird, says Jay. Well, he's helping us out and Facebook user always joining us. Um, I guess that's a good shout. If you guys are one of the many Facebook users today, please make sure that you follow us on Facebook. Uh, the follower pages, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and also facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Uh, become a supporter, go join the groups, uh, join in the discussions. It's always, uh, it always lively in there. You know, you got all walks of life. And when you have a group as big as that group, you know, it's, uh, I'll emphasize again, all walks of life, but it's a lot of fun. Um, also, if you guys are joining us on Twitter, please follow Carl on Twitter at Carl Dummer MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH and the man, the myth, the legend, Buana Beast at John K MHH uh, shows. I'd had to do a solo show this morning, but not really solo because John was the wind beneath my wings uh, helping me while I just bl- blathered on. Um, so appreciate John for joining us today. Also, if you guys are joining us on Twitter today, follow us at Mile High Huddle and at BDB Pod. And guys, Tuesday night, every Tuesday night, building the Broncos. We're here for you. Six o'clock mountain time. I'm really starting to get my time zones aligned. I've lived in Seattle long enough. Now I'm starting to get it. Um, but uh, make sure you guys join us Tuesday nights for building the Broncos. Carl, man, I feel like ugh, a lot of talking today. I've been busy, 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 go, go, go. And I know things have been mother nature has not been so kind to you here recently. It's going to be like a hundred <laughs> degrees in Seattle this weekend. So, uh, ugh, but, uh, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. You know, we had a, like I said, a giant storm. So we had a tornado a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. Now we had 90 mile per hour winds come through our town that ripped up trees. And uh, so I spent Father's Day actually just going around picking up trees at other people's places uh, because thankfully our house was good. Our trees were good. Just very minimal damage for us and the church as well. So I uh, got really fortunate. So, yeah, I got to go out and help a few people. And uh, it was kind of a cool day because my daughter at the end of it goes, I'm just really glad I got to spend the day with you, Dad. And, uh, that was a, that was a heartwarming moment that, you know, I thought, Hey, I was picking up branches. She'd be upset that this is how we spend father's day. Nope. She was all excited. So it was a good day. Sounds like my dog who'd also be happy to pick up branches anytime. No, but, uh, <laughs> good to hear that. And, uh, happy father's day to everybody. Happy belated Juneteenth as well. I'm sure it's some holiday today as well. Um, but, uh, hello, hello. And, uh, I think. John has something here for us from George coming in with a super sticker with the pair, uh, with the sunglasses being a little flirtatious, a little, uh, I always love that pair, man. It's thick in the lower half with a $2 super. Thank you very much, George, uh, coming in a little flirtatious with us. We appreciate you a heck of a lot. And um, we also got 10 foot you coming in here today saying good to see you guys as well. Don't forget to smash that like button. Let's, uh, I reiterate that. Good job. Uh, thank you very much for the, 
you know, the free publicity there. Uh, Brandon Floyd saying, what's going on? Uh, not too much, Brandon. Just trying not to melt. Um, it's hot here in Seattle. It's hot everywhere, but the uh, people around here, they don't have air conditioners, so they freak out. Marcus Lorma's in the house. What's up, fellas? Good to see you, Marcus. We got Ben Barron coming in here. Sub guys in Broncos country. You go Broncos. Lauren Weiss. Weiss? Y-E-C in the house. Um, Fort Smith, Arkansas. Good evening, MHH. Good evening to you as well. As well, Gary Leeds Palmer. Gary, good to see you, man. It's always great to see you. Uh, hello, Broncos country and BTB priests. Oh, man. I think it's the first time I've been dubbed a priest on here, Carl. I know by, by trade, you get that title, but the, <laughs> I, I don't want to burst into flames over here. I'm, not, I'm, too, I'm too rude. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to walk around. I'm, I'm Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you'll be okay. Okay, I'll put well, in a good word for you. Oh, I need it, man. I need it. Uh, Marcus Lemon, nine, uh, Niner fan following because of my boy, Carl. Oh, this is your buddy, Marcus. That's nice. Yep. Did, you, did you help Marcus with his trees? I, I didn't check. I hope, Marcus, everything's Ooh. good for your place. If you need any help, let me know. Got a little free time tomorrow. So, uh, But, right. uh, yeah, there, there was there were some big ones down. And some trampolines decided to go flying downtown as well. So, oh my God. Ugh. Yeah. I, there's like a really funny, like, TikTok. I mean, it's scary as heck, but somebody did like a, like a floating Mario Kart, Mario Party song to a, uh, Toilet outside toilet. What are those called? Porta potty. Just mm-hmm. have you seen that video? Off the <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh man, okay. Classic. Um, but uh, we got Albert coming in here. Say, so don't forget to sign up with Facebook for all the extra content, like Kelberman's Corner and the Trickle Zone. Uh, I I wanted it to be Trickle Me Elmo, but uh, that one did not fly. So uh, sorry, Eric. Um, we got Michael in the house too, saying good evening, Carl and Nick from Building the Broncos. How your day going, guys? It's hot. It's been busy, but it's good. Thank you for asking, Michael. And uh, Carl, sounds like your day is going pretty well as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a good one. Just doing a lot of time. It was a daughter day. So I got to hang out with her and now I get to talk some Broncos. What could be better of a day? Oh man. Maybe I could, maybe we could throw in a hike in there. Um, Hey guys, took the pod from Matt Henry roughing the passer in here. How do you do fellow kids? Uh, the Steve Buscemi bit. Love it. Uh, how old are you buddy, man? That's gotta, gotta let me know there. Um, Bryce coming in here. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, D Brown only 70 where I'm at. Lucky dog. Lucky you. Uh, good to see you. And uh, saying, uh, no way, man, saying Nick, you killed it this morning. Well, thank you. I'm glad somebody appreciated it. And EJ in the house. Ooh, a trickle of knowledge. That's a good one, too. But EJ saying, what's up, Broncos country? And Maurice. Oh, no, this is French. Nous sommes les Broncos et noir Alons Gagner. I hope I didn't say something inappropriate there. And also, I probably butchered <laughs> that last one. I took French for four years, but uh, I was not the best French student. I was definitely a, uh, remem- remember right before the test, get it all out that it's gone. Um, yep. But uh, thank you very much, Maurice. Um, let us know in the comments what it means, but let's get the time going here. Carl, you came up with a theme for today's show. And I know it's something that's been kind of somewhat discussed in Broncos country. I think it's really interesting. I've thought about it. Some I've been pretty busy today. So mine's going to be a little bit more off the cuff and reactionary, which yeah, that's what I always do now. Um, but uh, Carl, lead, lead the way. What are you thinking here? Well, so this morning I, I heard that, uh, that both Bridgewater and Locke are both going to have different passing camp times. Okay. And some players are going to Bridgewater. Some players are going to Locke. I don't like that. No. And and this is what happens when you have a quarterback competition. When you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. And if this becomes that dividing issue within the locker room of some guys really liking Locke, I think some of the young guys, uh, you know, I think Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, some of those guys that have been with him for a couple years here, you know, of course, got a little bit of that same draft class with uh, with Noah Fant to now Jerry Judy wanting to go down and be with Bridgewater because they've got a great connection and, and liking each other a lot. Just seem to be uh, just really gelling well. I, I just I, I don't like that. And it, it just I hope that this doesn't tear the locker room apart. And this is why I think the the quicker the, the big decision makers can come up with a decision and just say, this is our guy, the better off it's going to be for the Broncos. Yeah. Because then the players can actually just say, okay, you know what? They said, this is our guy. This is who we're going to rally around. Let's go for it. And I realize they can't do that until at least a little bit into training camp and, and those kind of things. So this whole month and a half of time, we're just going to have to deal with the fact that there might be some division here. 
Yeah, that would be interesting. And I don't know if anybody in the comment section or John could uh, pull up who's going to whose camp. Um, that would be interesting to dissect as well. Or is that, that not all that information is out yet, Carl? Or is it all out so, who's going where? The the two players I know, Jerry Judy's going to Bridgewater. Noah Fant is going to Locke. Hmm. So the, the two first round guys. So you can't sit there and say, okay, first round guy going here. That means they're probably going to listen to him more. No, they, they have, it's both first round guys going in opposite directions. And it, it just, it's not good. <laughs> ah, man, that is not good. Um, it's not going to matter because the Broncos are going to trade for Aaron Rodgers, right? So then it's just going to yeah. be like, oh, you know, they were just practicing. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> God, I hope not, actually. But um, we got Maurice coming in saying translation. We are the Broncos and we are going to win. Well, I hope so. Um, that's uh, That would be ideal. And we got George coming in here with a $5 super. Uh, George, thank you so much for um, supporting the show. We appreciate it a heck of a lot. Uh, what do you guys think of the NFL COVID protocol? I shouldn't have said the C word. Uh, the NFL protocol insanity punishing players who choose not to vaccinate. Oh, George. You are going to get us in trouble. Yeah. Um, man, uh, I think that it is a uh, private business and uh, the NFL's protocol is what it is. I just hope players make uh, smart, educated decisions and uh, we respect that and no bad things come either way. Did I nail it? Was that PC <laughs> as hell? Yeah. Did I do it? Okay. Yeah, no, you, you did good. It's, Ugh. yeah, this is a, this is a tough situation. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people making this kind of decision, it just, they're grown men and it's, it's, uh, it's big business. Like I said, they're private business. They can make a lot of decisions of how they want to do it. Sounds like the Broncos don't have to worry too much because they have a lot of the team that is made the decision to go ahead and get vaccinated. Uh, and coaching staff sounds like they're all vaccinated. So uh, it doesn't sound like it's really going to affect the Broncos a whole lot, but yeah, I think there are going to be some other teams. This could become a big deal when it comes to getting those practices in and what they can do. And um, so it could be advantage for the Broncos in that sense, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, it is a personal decision. How about we, uh, let, let's just probably leave it at that. I, I, we don't need to get too much into detail on some of those things because it could lead to a lot of weird conversation that we don't want to go down. Uh, we we kind of want to talk about the football side of things and, uh, and what's going on here. And I'm sorry. I just <laughs> yeah. really love Thad Benson so much with the mustache on Chad's head, <laughs> whoever this is. God, this is the funniest thing I've seen today. So I really appreciate that. Thad Benson, Nick, are you staying out of trouble? God, I, I wouldn't do that if I knew how, um, but let's uh, swing McLeod saying, well done, Nick, I guess, uh, either for the morning this the morning this time or whatever but uh yeah we'll uh, we'll move forward here real quick and i got i think this is a really good point coming in here from dale Ru- uh rude saying um as far as where what pass catchers are going to which personal passing camps um between bridgewater and lock saying a uh, sutton and patrick don't care they will catch everything any anything anyway so uh carl this is a uh, this is interesting. I kind of want to get get into it here and go into some of the pass catchers and who you think would pair best with some. And I, I think there are some washes in here, and there are some that really lean one way or the other. Um, yep. But uh, let's get into it here. Um, Sutton and Patrick, uh, do you think that either is better with a singular quarterback, or are they both washes? I, I would say Sutton and Locke, just because, one, they have the connection. Mm-hmm. They've had a couple years of actually working together at different times, getting some throws in. So they've got a little bit more of that timing aspect of it. And and we've seen where I would say Locke does a little bit more of trusting that his receiver is going to go make a play, even in traffic. And so a guy like Sutton, a guy like Patrick, who can go high point the ball, they're going to like a quarterback that's willing to throw, even when it looks like they're covered. And yeah. I think that's why I would give the edge a little bit to lock on that side with those two players. I mean, I think it Bridgewater with his accuracy and timing and things like that and allowing them to go make more plays down the field. I would say that works better with Sutton. Patrick's not really a after the catch kind of player. I mean, he's got a lot of straight line speed. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. he's not more of the, the juke and, and do things down the field. Sutton can do some of that. He's he he kind of reminds me. Yeah, he's slippery. He's like Brandon Marshall the wide receiver, not the the linebacker. Uh, he wasn't the fastest guy in the world, but Brandon Marshall could just make guys miss. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember which game it was, but he made like eight guys miss on one play 
and I think he scored a touchdown. And it was just one of the best plays I've seen by a Bronco wide receiver in a long time. Um, so I, I think Sutton could maybe be a little bit of a watch. Wash Patrick probably better with Locke. Yeah, I think that they both tend to lean towards Locke, and that is just because Locke is a little less safer with the football. And both of those guys, while they can generate separation, they're the I'm open when I'm covered kind of guys. And Mm -hmm. for Locke being a guy who is a gunslinger and uh, much more likely to stick on that primary read, covered or not, and try to fire it in there, um, I think that makes sense for Patrick and Sutton, both big body guys, both ones that can do contested catches, both you know slants, uh, outs, or vertically down the field as well. Um, so I think they both tend to lean towards Drew Locke. Um, but in that sense, also, like they're both going to lean towards the more competent quarterback, right? Like it doesn't yep. really even, I don't think it's that much of a difference um, as far as a, uh, one style really making one guy better than the other because you just want to get better quarterback and then hopefully you'll have a a synergistic effect on the rest of the offense and you'll get better opportunities. And it's not just a better volume that you want. You want better efficiency in your pass game, more explosive uh, passes per pass, uh, better, better plays in the red zone, better third down conversion, right? It's just not this raw data. It's the, the context matters and you want better efficiency. Um, So I think they these guys, if you gun to my head, they both would lean more towards Sutton and Patrick or uh, lean more towards Locke. Um, but I don't think it's that big of a difference off the top of my head. I think the biggest one for me is specifically Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy is the guy who has the biggest difference between Drew Locke and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And that's because Jerry Judy, while he can do stuff down the field, he's much more of a short intermediate passer, at least coming out of college. We'll see what he grows into year two in the NFL. And uh, timing is huge for him. Right. And that's just something that Locke didn't have in college, didn't show it his first two years in the NFL so far, as far as the intermediate accuracy, short accuracy and timing. That's just hasn't been his game yet yet. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but I think Jerry Judy is the one who's uh, if like Bridgewater is announced the the starter. I'm trying to nab Judy in almost every single one of my fantasy leagues, especially yep. PPR. Right. Yeah. And that's where, again, you see Bridgewater understand the system, understand that he is throwing to a spot more so than waiting for a guy to get open. I mean, that was something I was kind of hearing with some of the struggles that Locke had where he was waiting for a guy to break open before making the throw. Now, he has the arm that makes up for some of that where he can still squeeze it in there where Bridgewater, again, yeah, he's thrown to a spot where he knows the wide receiver is going to be. And like I said, that that's Jerry Judy. That's what he had in college with Tua. Tua doesn't have the biggest arm, but Tua was very, uh, very accurate very on time with everything that they're doing very much within the system, doing what they, they did well. And like I said, yeah, Jerry Judy, that's what he loves. If he can get even a couple steps and the ball be on target, man, that's how that guy can go and make a big play that the last game of the season against the Raiders, that huge, what was it? 88 yard touchdown, 92 yard touchdown, something like that. Yeah. As long as receiving play of the season, that was a pass that was on time in space perfect throw accuracy wise. And yes, that was with drew luck, but we did see some others where Jerry Judy broke open and drew lock was just too late on the throw. And uh, so you just gotta, the, the Broncos are really gonna have to weigh this. These are very opposite quarterbacks in a lot of ways, you know, yeah. highly accurate, smart, not the biggest arm. Decently big accurate. arm. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I'd say okay. highly accurate. Like you watch okay. Aaron Rodgers to Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, okay, one of these guys Good is point. highly accurate. One of them is solid, accurate, short, intermediate. Sorry, I just. Yeah, no, nope, I agree. And okay. and I do worry, like you were talking about some other stats of, you know, what do they do in the red zone? Well, wh- which one's better? Which one do you think can be better in the red zone? Where you get some tight windows. I think I, Locke, I, I think Locke I, is better in the red zone. Yeah. But what would you rather have? Somebody, let's just put it out there. Um, in the red zone, you have a guy who averages over the year. I don't even know what a, a standard would be. But like with Teddy Bridgewater, you are going to get more field goals where you sputter out, but you're also not going to get the interceptions, I think, in the end zone as well because um, he's going to protect the football. And with the way this Broncos team is built, like, do I, am I concerned about getting in the end zone via the pass game when I have Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams? 
so what's the trade-off there? You know, you, you understand what I'm getting at? Like, it's kind of like when uh, the Vikings had Bridgewater, right? Like the quarterback's not throwing a lot of t- passing touchdowns. Well, they're handing off to Adrian Peterson once they get in the goal-to-go situation. You know, you have a freaking yeah. hammer. Um, as long as you can navigate the football uh, between the 20s, protect the football, you can do some things in the red zone. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But uh, I... I don't know. I just hope that either of these guys, I'm not really pulling for either of them or I am pulling yeah. for both of them, but not one yeah. per, over the other. I just want the Broncos to really highlight their good weapons and protect the damn football. Cause this is a defensive oriented team. Let's let the defense play with the lead for once or not with like terrible field position. Cause I am freaking tired of it. I want to see yeah. Von Miller get 15 sacks this year. I want to see all the interceptions come back, et cetera, et cetera. So swing coming in here. Also Gary, I didn't know you were a dancer, Nick. Um, only after a few adult beverages, and even then, <laughs> no. Um, but uh, ooh, let's let's keep going here. Uh, I got Josiah Hicks coming in here saying, "What's up, guys? I feel like Teddy is better than Drew in different aspects, and Drew is better than Teddy in different aspects." So yep. uh, here we go. Um, I hope Drew is, can learn from Teddy and become a better quarterback overall. I mean, that's I've said it on the show many times. I'm very critical of Drew Lock because I'm not creating him on a curve, right? You cannot, especially this is a third year in the league. Typically, you know about a quarterback after their second year, right? Like at least if we don't know, like the final say, but we kind of got like a, a range of what to expect now of where this quarterback can be after two years in the league. Um, even if they didn't even play their first year, typically, you know, after their second year. Um, so I'm hopeful, hopeful for Drew Locke, uh, but we will see. Um, and Carl, do you have a birthday coming up? I saw somebody mention uh, that Carl's birthday. Uh, this is for Carl's birthday. No, I, uh, I had one in April. So, okay. That's right. Got a, okay. got a little ways away. It's on the draft. It's on the draft. Yeah. Yep. So it, it'll be a little bit of time, but Hey, you know, if you want to start sending stuff for, for the birthday now, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, but uh, no, that, that's yeah. Hashtag Carl's is. birthday fun. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to start early. I I'm one of those guys I like some big gifts. Unfortunately God, that's the thing, right? It's like, just give me a gift card so I can get like a big, a bigger thing. I don't need a $15 yep. knickknack. I appreciate the gesture, but uh, I'd rather you come, you know, <laughs> buy me around. That's honestly it. Um, hello, Nick and Carl uh, from Mike guests and Broncos country. Uh, how you doing, Mike? Mike, uh, let us know who who should we watch out for some Alabama players this year, right? It's a uh, it's getting to be time to start really looking out for some uh, some college players, right? The dead time that's typically when I really start to dig over uh, previous seasons uh, college football, just see what happens. Even the last year's tape is uh, hit or miss, I guess is the way we'll put it. And I, I keep seeing this come up, David Bingaman. Seventeen games isn't two years, man. Do the math, Mister Stats. Um, okay. We have uh, historical trends on quarterbacks, and it is two years in the league, not games played. So, sorry, that's the threshold that's right. that's being used. That typically you can find. And what do you, what does that mean for quarterbacks that haven't played in two years? Well, typically, unless they have a Hall of Famer in front of them, means that they weren't good enough to take the job. Yep. And you know, is what it is. Uh, Russell Wilson had Matt Flynn in front of him. He was a third round pick, right? Oh, he could sit there behind Matt Flynn for a year. Russell Wilson took it. So, yep. and that's that's what you hope for. Right. Um, but uh, it's not starts. It's years in the and, league. That is I, the, uh, the threshold. And I would add two years in the league, two injuries. Yeah. To his throwing arm. <laughs> you, you can't undersell that. that. That's important to look at. I mean, part of your your evaluation is your availability. Mm-hmm. And right now, Locke hasn't shown that he can stay healthy in the NFL. He's got to learn to do better with the throwaways. He's got to learn when to to take a hit, how to take a hit. You know, there, there's times where he's trying to do too much and mm-hmm. it's led to some, some of his bad interceptions. It's led to a couple of his injuries. So th- there's things that Locke has to learn that are the, the little details that matter. I mean, Peyton mm-hmm. Manning, Tom Brady, those guys, they're not the most athletic guys. They're not out there escaping anyone, but they figured out when to take hits. I mean, the, the, the patented Peyton Manning throwaway or the Pey- Peyton Manning sack where he'd self sack himself. He's like, I'm not going to take this big hit. I know I'm getting sacked. Why Why would I take a big hit if I don't have to? Yep. And it, it annoyed a lot of people. But at the same time, like, hey, he lived to play another play. Yeah. You need and, your starter out there. So go ahead. And for quarterback uh, specifically, you see a few jumps um, from them based on age. Um, first, you'll see them kind of make a jump age 22, 23. And then hopefully you'll see, or, uh, I guess, 20, 21, then about 22, 23. So kind of like their sophomore to junior slash senior year 
And then like sometime in their rookie contract, they take a leap. Uh, hopefully year two, you see it after their rookie year. Um, and then there's one after they get paid. So like, that's why you kind of see these teams that pay these quarterbacks, these rookie quarterbacks. Um, you'll see them, then, you know, they'll be really good at the end of the beginning or their the end of the rookie contract and then they get paid. And there seems to be a little bit of regression. It's because the team around them uh, is not as strong most of the time because they're getting paid, you know, 20%, 25% of the, of the salary cap space. And then you see that quarterback grow a bit more and uh, they start to be able to, um, hopefully raise all ships and overcome that uh, huge um, salary cap hit. But uh, it's always, you know, not every single player follows the mold. Uh, there are statistical outliers. Uh, we can look no, uh, no further than uh, Josh Allen being one, who the leap that he made year two to year three was extremely rare. Uh, wouldn't bank on it, just like I wouldn't bank drafting a six-round quarterback to be Tom Brady. Um, and another one that's happened in, uh, I guess, the last decade is uh, Ryan Tannehill who uh, was kind of, you saw a lot of flashes his second year and third year. And I think he was injured his fourth year. Um, and that kind of really threw him off. Uh, but those are two quarterbacks who uh, took big leaps outside of the expected after year two, you kind of know what a guy is. So yep. there is hope, you know, if you want to hang your hat on that, by all means, I'm not here to uh, gatekeep your fan or your perspective. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's, in, it's useful information. Yep. And uh, we had someone coming in here off of, of Twitch. Oh, we'll get to Trevor here. Uh, Nick said something to think about while a while back that stuck with me. Uh, if you have two quarterbacks and you don't have one, bring on Rodgers. Um, yeah, it, it's very seldom you see a team that has a quarterback battle go into camp and you sit there and say, this worked out well. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Seahawks, they had a quarterback battle when uh, Russell Wilson was a rookie. It worked out well, but they, they made a quick decision too. I mean, they, they really didn't wait that long. It was pretty quick to see that Russell Wilson was the man there. Um, mm-hmm. You could say a little bit, maybe I'm trying to think of some other quarterbacks. Hmm. That were immediate, Ryan, like obvious. Well, I mean, I guess you could say Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota mm-hmm. where they actually picked Marcus Mariota, which was the wrong decision. <laughs> And he got benched, obviously, against the Broncos after they were not doing well for the season. Yeah. And uh, and then it worked out well, where then they went to the playoffs, made it to the AFC Championship game, and the rest is history now, where Ryan Tannehill is one of the highest-paid quarterbacks. And so even there, you kind of see, sometimes you even make the wrong decision. You go with the safe decision, which uh, maybe that's what the Broncos do, too. Make mm-hmm. the safe decision, go with Teddy Bridgewater, and it's not working out, and you switch to Locke, and you're like, why didn't they start, start with Locke? Uh, you know, there's just, there's so much that goes into this. Um, I you think know, there's a lot of hope for, that, uh, for yeah. that reason, because like I've said it many times on the show with uh, Scott, that this is probably the first time in quite some time that Locke has had legitimate competition and he's going to have to go out there and earn it. Right. Like, it's not like it's been handed to him, so to speak, but like four star recruit going to Missouri. It's not like he's going out there battling Alabama, Ohio state, uh, four star, five star, Oklahoma, four star, five star quarterbacks. Right. So he was always going to be a dude there. And then when he came to Denver, unless you bought the absolute BS that was Joe Flacco's in his prime from the Broncos PR machine. Oh, yeah, we still believe he's got Super Bowl football in front of him. Um, so th- obviously they were going to go to Julak pretty quickly there and uh, not really much of a competition in that regard. And uh, here we are. First time in potentially his whole career um, that Julak yeah. is going to have to go out there and legitimately earn it and battle for the position. So uh you know, I think we'll find out a lot about Drew Locke and uh, what he can be in his career just over training camp this year. Because if he's going to be the dude and how how some of these people in the comment section of Broncos country in general talk about Teddy Bridgewater. If Drew Locke can't beat out Teddy Bridgewater for how you perceive Teddy Bridgewater, here's your sign. Right. Like yep. read the room. Right. Like that's here we are. <laughs> so uh, I'm yep. pulling for the best case scenario. It's uh, Drew Locke wins, but uh, we won't know until we know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I like that comment. Joe Flacco self-sacked himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and unfortunately, Joe Flacco, he'd never really proven to be, I mean, man, he could get away with it because you saw he could make up for it. Joe Flacco could never make up for it. Um, yeah. And then Albert coming in here, Locke was, wasn't supposed to start his first year with Flacco on the team. Yeah. Uh, to a point, uh, you know, I, I think they saw that there was, there was some time that he needed to really adjust to the NFL. Because uh, he even had his struggles there in college, that's why he fell to the second round, and it, it was just going to take some time for sure. But you, you still, you like to see some things that are. are here's my problem: 
I guess I'll, I'll just throw this out there. My problem with Locke isn't like, oh, he had all these bad interceptions or anything like that. It's how he had the interceptions. That the same problems that I saw in the tape from his freshman year of college are a lot of the same problems I still see second year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. When you're seeing yeah. still a lot of footwork issues where he's not really setting his base very well and it's leading to not great accuracy, when you still see that he's struggling with touch passes, but he still just has the fastball, when you see some of his decision-making going where he's throwing into three, third or to triple coverage at times, you know, leading to yeah. some, some bad plays, when you see situational football still having some problems of not knowing when to throw it away, uh, you know, th- those are the things that for six years. So when, when they're saying wait, have patience with him and I'm saying, well, six years of this <laughs> kind of leads me to believe I, I it's hard for me to believe that this is going to change. That, that's yeah. my my one issue. Now, can't I, I hope I eat krill on that. I really do. Yeah. I really do. I hope Locke turns into something great. I just hope all of you can come here in the comments and just say, Carl. You're an idiot. <laughs> and, and I'll just sit back here and just take it all. I really do. I, I hope that's exactly what happens. Yeah, I'll um, sneak in behind him, like with the mustache on. Like, yeah, Carl, you idiot. Like, <laughs> you don't even go here. We got yeah. that. Speaking of not even going here, Chad, what you doing, buddy? Uh, welcome in saying, hey. yeah, boys, with a $10 super. Uh, well, Chad, thank you very much. Good to see you. We also had uh, Thad Benson in here earlier um and uh, unfortunately i think thad might have a better mustache than you chad it's not it's thad Uh-oh. benson um that's not a way to get chad to do more supers oh here we go thad benson <laughs> sorry that absolutely kills me i'm not sure who that is if that's chad too that is a uh, a massive one up um for doing the the obvious nobody would expect him right yeah um <laughs> and we got a 20 dollars super coming in here again uh also broncos 17 and was in here this morning uh, to support me. So thank you very much. As he says, uh, coming in again, whoop. Well, double whoop for you, Broncos 17 and 0 over on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you very much. And also guys, if you're joining us on YouTube today, <laughs> like, like that is, um, make sure you, if you guys are not in a position to, uh, contribute financially, that's okay. Right. Not everybody's always in a position, but one thing you can do that is completely free is go over to our YouTube page, Mal high huddle, and subscribe, like, and share, right? Do that right now. If you haven't done that yet, if you're hating what's going on, there's other shows there. You can find out uh, what's going on. Make sure you subscribe, though. The little notification will come up, and uh, you'll get a chance to hear what everybody has to say, right? And I really, one thing that I really pride myself on and am just boastful about this show in general is that every single show has a different flavor, right? You have some guys who are much more, you know, just emotional writing on it right now. You know, there's the, uh, there's some people who are gung ho Drew Lock. There are some that really don't like Drew Lock, and then there's me trying to pussyfoot myself into both both pools, have it both ways, so that way I'm right no matter what. Um, but uh, you know, it's there's a lot of good stuff. So uh, really, you guys should check it out. Um, <laughs> I'm still laughing at Thad. God bless it. Yeah. Um, so Carl, let's say let's talk the wide receivers now. Actually, let's talk tight yeah. ends. We okay. have talked a lot of the wide receivers. Uh, real quick, KJ Hamler, uh, Bridgewater or Lock? Bridgewater. Um, KJ Hamler doesn't have a great catch radius. Never has. Uh, He needs a very accurate quarterback to really take advantage of what he brings to the table. That was my one really big hang up with them drafting him with Locke being kind of that view of the future. When they went Judy, then went to to KJ Hamler. I kind of wondered like what, how do these two guys work with a guy like Locke? That's, That's why I really, kind of lean towards CD lamb because he's a guy that can make a lot of catches away from his frame. Doesn't always need the most perfect pass to, to make it work. Um, but uh, again, KJ Hamler, if it's not between the numbers, if it's not within about right here, he's not making the catch or at least it's not going to be very, it's, it's going to be seldom that he makes that great outstanding catch. And the best thing about KJ Hamler, it's not just that he can win over the top deep speed, because, I mean, that, that kind of probably leans towards Locke. His best plays in college were a lot of those quick slants where you're getting the ball into his hand quickly and letting him embarrass players uh, trying to take angles to make a play. Yeah. That, that, that speed. I mean, it's the same with a lot of the, the fast guys. It's great that they can win over the top. Mm-hmm. 
but their best plays a lot of times are those just quick plays that just let them go get up to full speed with the ball in their hands, go make a play. Uh, so that's why I lean towards Bridgewater. I I am interested to see what uh, KJ Hamler's role is in this offense because at Penn State he was much more gadgety um, in his usage. You know, running a lot of jet sweeps from the slot and whatnot, and uh, uh, what's the slot fade. Um, and I think a lot of those might actually predicate more towards lock, but if you're using him more as a get the ball to him quickly and let things happen after the catch, I do lean towards Bridgewater. I think he can make things uh, yak is a quarterback stat, right? If a quarterback's yep. putting the thing, the ball on time and okay, well, here you go, Tim, Merry Christmas, double hat here. Um, if you're putting, if you're uh hat, 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 I only have three hats, not four hats, um, Tim, but uh, if you're putting the ball on time in the right place, the right read, um, your wide receiver can do stuff after the catch. And the Broncos have been pretty damn uh, dreadful uh, at that in the last few seasons. Um, part of that is Joe Flacco. I, actually, they were okay there with Keenum, but the weapons were actually not very good uh, surrounding Keenum. Um, the depth of weapons, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Sun starting to set kind of thing going on for them. But uh, it'll be interesting, right? I, yep. I see a lot of people saying it's a coach's fault, you know, talking about John Elway and whatnot. Uh, you guys can have your opinions on what the quarterbacks are going to do this season. That's great uh, either way. Um, but uh, time is going to show reality, right? Yep. So don't talk in absolutes because like <laughs> that's when you make yourself look real foolish. Yeah. Um, and hey. we got pivot. Oh, oh I, go ahead, girl. I just wanted to point out here, Michael, you're looking great in all of your, your mile high huddle swag there. Uh, you Ooh. know, for everybody out there, you can, you can head on over and you can get your own as well. Uh, I think it is at huddleup.com. That's where you can get your swag on, as as uh, Chad likes to say all the time. And uh, just switching gears here a little bit. We can switch back here in just a second. Uh, but this is a good one here, getting to the defensive side. We haven't talked about the defense quite a whole lot here yet. Uh, how many sacks will Von Miller and Bradley Chubb have combined staying healthy this NFL season for the Denver Broncos? Go Broncos. Yeah. Uh, so, there's two things that kind of play into this for me. One, you do need your offense to play with the lead so that they can actually pin their ears back and go get some sacks. Yeah. Um, you know, it, can you expand sa- upon that a little bit? What does that even mean? Well, people out there. Yeah. So the, the big thing here is if you are playing from behind the team, the other team can really just dictate what they do on offense. You can't sit there and just say, we get to go rush after this quarterback because they have no choice but to pass the ball and try to catch up. And, you know, Von Miller and and Bradley Chubb, when they can get after a quarterback like that, man, yeah, they're going to get tons of stats. They're, they're going to get stats on stats on stats. But if they're always having to play from behind, it just puts them in a disadvantage of trying to do that. I, I think that they could really be the best edge duo in football this year but they might not get the chance to actually prove it. That, that's the problem. Uh, now, if the offense is out there putting up some good numbers, getting them in an advent, advantageous situation, you know, where they're not having that big turnover that puts them already in the red zone from the start of it, um, I could see them getting 30 sacks this year. You know, maybe a 16-14 split. Man. That would that'd be, be great. Yeah, that would be amazing to see. Um, but I, I could actually see that happening. Because they're both great pass rushers. They've both shown at different times. They can really put up the stats real quick. But again, this is where so much of football is complimentary, where you got to have something else to make something else happen. Wide receivers can't be great if they don't have a quarterback that can get them the football. Offensive linemen, uh, you know, sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, look how many sacks they're giving up. Well, you know, like Jeff Driscoll he was one of the worst quarterbacks in football when it came to holding on to the football and giving up sacks. A lot of his sacks are on Jeff Driscoll, not on the offensive line, yep. but the stats go against the offensive line. There's everybody's going, Oh my gosh, they gave up 10 sacks in this game. So again, you know, just so much of football depends on so many other things going right to make something else go right. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a good call. Um, I guess if we were putting Vegas on it and an over under, what would you say, Carl, for the sacks? I would probably put it at 25 here. Uh, I was going to say 21. And it's not because of that. It's because you have to account for injury, right? If yeah. one of those guys misses four to six games, that throws off everything. So, uh, you know, you have to at least look for that um, a little bit. And I want to get to your real quick, just to correct a comment on here, just to make sure we're getting good knowledge out there. It was from 
free earth citizen who I saw here, who always brings in some good stuff here. Um, there, yep. Yeah, Broncos will have until May to decide whether or not to exercise Locke's fifth year option. No fifth year option for Drew Locke. Drew Locke, not a first round pick. Um, that decision will be for Noah Fant. Um, so I just wanted to correct you there. No fifth year option. Um, that's worth talking about. Let's get back to Michael here real quick. Look at that. Look at that guy. Ooh. The hat on the shirt. Um, next time I'm going to crop Carl and I's faces on it just because it needs to be about me. <laughs> that's um, right. But no, it's, uh, that's a great shirt. Thank you so much for the support too. Um, also fun to see the, those out there. Hopefully those football priests are, uh, having some good conversations with a, a holy power to have Drew Locke turn around this season. Um, only 5.5 for Chubb free earth citizen. That is, Woo. that's hurtful. I don't know about that. Um, man, 27 sacks. See, I've, you guys have to account for for injury probability too with that over under. So uh, I don't know, thirty sacks between them. If we get a f- uh, fourth quarter lead, uh, EJ, we'll see. We will see. Um, I'm man. I hope so, guys, because I really like both those players a heck of a lot, and I love pass rushers probably more than any other position. Um, so that would be amazing. Um, we got Dale coming in here with the five dollar super over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Dale. We appreciate you. Um, I would be happy seeing Locke play at the same pace as his final six games last year. 4,063 yards, 26 touchdowns, 14 interception pace. I don't see Teddy doing any better. Um, can we play the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders defenses uh, for those 16 games as well? Because then we're talking, baby. Yeah. I, I don't know, guys. It's tough. Um, yeah. Broncos offense should be better next year, but you can't talk about those stats last year without talking about also the Panthers. Terrible defense last year as well. That's yep. half the games against the bottom five defenses. So, uh, I'd right. But I, I will say if these are the stats that he does put up for the season, I, I'll feel pretty decent, pretty good about the team. I, I, it doesn't keep me from going quarterback early in the draft next year, mm-hmm. you know, because this is still at best middle of the pack quarterback play. This wins this team 10 to 11 games though. So, so here, here's the crazy thing. The, I think the average quarterback rating, this is including all backups that played every snap. Do you know what the average was this last season? 91? 93. Ooh, my God, man. Quarterback play. That's this is that's the thing, man. When people talk about uh, comparing like Dan Marino or John Elway stats, or even Peyton Manning stats early on, it's like, guys, the game has changed so freaking much it's like comparing interceptions today from like back in the 60s when they have like yeah. half the team had 10 interceptions right it's like yeah. the game has changed i don't i don't know what to tell you like you cannot do that the <laughs> go ahead elway's first year the 16th best quarterback their quarterback rating was a 75 was there not even a quarterback that had 75 this year <laughs> I, I don't think so uh i'm trying to think of any that would come off the top of my head here, maybe, maybe Darnold. I was going to say Carson Wentz. Oh, that could be too. Yeah, one of those two. But it just shows. I mean, it, quarterback rating has improved twenty points since yeah. since Elway. It's about fifteen points since Manning started in the league. And uh, and yeah, I, I really hope here. I can't wait to see how much Peyton Manning rubbed off on Drew Locke just for helping him out the last few months. I hope that makes a big difference. I do. I mean, it, Brock is doing all the right things. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I, I think he, he's made a lot of right decisions, working hard. But not everybody that works hard makes it in this league. Yep. There's a lot of guys that just put in all the work and, and just never quite make it. I, you, you could say um, there, there's been a lot of third-string quarterbacks that are some of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. But they, they – I, I was told a lot, a lot of times that Brock Osweiler, highly intelligent player, but he just, when he actually got on the field, he couldn't see it right. The game was going too fast. Didn't always have the best arm. Um, so it, again, it just, so much has changed in the game and, and some guys just can't always make it work. I really do hope Drew Locke makes it work. And like I said, I hope Peyton Manning, because I mean, I think Peyton Manning's rooting for the kid. I really yeah. do. Uh, we're all rooting for him too. And uh, it's all for the better of the Broncos. If, Pey- yeah, if Drew Locke <laughs> becomes a great quarterback. Yep. And, but I know, and I've seen some people comment of, you can't compare him to Herbert and, and Mahomes. 
problem is those are the guys they're going to be going against for the next 15, 18, 20 years. And if you can't have a better quarterback, yeah, if, if you can't have a better quarterback than them, you're already at a huge disadvantage. Yep. It's like, uh, Carl, you ever play Catan? I think so. Are you, that, are you that big of a nerd? Okay, you have the resources cards. If you have a quarterback, just oh, imagine yeah. a great quarterback, imagine like doubling your hand. You have like double the resources at all times. You're going to win most of the games when you are when you have a better hand uh, in that regard because that's just what the quarterback does, right? You're, you're playing yeah. from a disadvantage if you are behind those guys, and that's the bar. It sucks, but um, it's a reality. And Charlie, I'm, I'm, I'm helping you out here. Charlie is normally the, the smartest guy in the room and also one of the funniest guys in the room. But uh, Peyton is with an E. I think you're getting mixed up because of George Peyton there, too. I saw you do it earlier, too. So uh, let's get going. Um, and Charlie was saying, why my mind is going so fast, but the conversation is so slow. Pick the bad day to stop sniffing glue, right? No, a <laughs> great movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, man, Carl. Okay, tight ends. We needed yeah. to get to tight ends. Um, and QBs don't play against QBs, says Dale. That's true. But um, teams play against teams. And uh, – because of that, your QBs, you know, you're not going stats for stats with them, but it does make a big difference for if you're winning or losing, right? It's probably like 35% of your team's makeup. Um, so is what it is. But uh, tight ends, Carl. Noah Fant, Albert Okwebenam. I think we can put the rest in a box because who? No, I, I mean, yeah. we know the names, but like, eh, not a good depth position this year. Um, but uh, Noah Fant and Albert Okwebenam with uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Noah Fant. What are your thoughts here? I, I think – Advantage goes to Locke with both of them. Okay. Because Locke likes to attack the middle of the field where Bridgewater's more about the edges. I mean, you look at what he did in Carolina. He had two wide receivers that went over a thousand yards. Yep. Tight end didn't do a whole lot with the, with the Carolina last year. Yep. Uh, even when he was with new Orleans, it was kind of the same way. He liked to attack the edges and where drew, drew Locke, like I said, loves the middle of the field. That's where Noah Fant. That's where Albert Okawebenam is. And we saw right off the bat, even when Albert came in, there was an instant connection between those two. I mean, th- their time in college obviously pays off. Th- they know each other well. He's got the big catch radius. He's big, strong, fast, all those kind of things. That plays to Drew Locke. He likes mm-hmm. to play above the rim. So I- I'd lean both of them towards Drew Locke. I think for Fant, it's a wash. Um, maybe this information about him going to Locke's uh, comp, uh, passing camp maybe shifts it a little bit, but um, Locke is a or a fancy guy who people think about him being this like deep threat because of the speed, but crossing routes the tight end. There are not linebackers who can keep up for him. So if he's the second or third read and he's busting open on a crossing route to kill a cover three or a uh, cover two or anything like that, and he gets the ball in space, whole oh, whole buddy bringing down that six foot five, two hundred fifty pound dude is. really hard i'm not gonna say impossible but really hard like he's he's off to the races um so i think lock could be pretty good if uh the quarterbacks that throwing him the ball can throw it uh, on time in the right spot and give him yak opportunities Uh, i think he could really be a good yak weapon um so that's the one i kind of pushed against a little bit um but uh we'll see um and we got charlie saying i done through real good but they can't catch it coach um i don't know if he's trying to Get in there with the uh, giving him a hard time earlier. Travis coming in here. Travis Tarbox. Good to see you, Travis. I think Travis joined us this morning as well. He said hello as we were saying goodbye. So uh, I see you, Travis. Um, hoping Vaughn wins the defensive player of the year this season. That's the only thing that has eluded him in his storied career. Uh, that would be incredible. And that would mean also that the Broncos offense was probably a clicking because you talked about it earlier, Carl. Uh, Vaughn gets de- defensive player of the year. That means that the Broncos were probably playing with the lead. That means they were probably winning some football games. That means the offense was... Maybe I wouldn't use humming, but they were at least competent. And uh, that would be incredible, man. I am a, I'm a huge Von Miller fan. Like I've said on the show before, um, I took my fan hat off the moment I joined MHH because I don't want to be biased. Um, I'd rather bring you a real uh, football perspective rather than just saying every single player is the greatest of all time and bring you nothing other than, you know, echo chamber stuff. Um, but uh, I have a hard time with that with Von Miller because he was drafted before I joined and uh, he's probably – Maybe him and McManus are probably the last guys on this team that uh, were Broncos before I joined. Um, so uh, yeah. I, I, will, I will admit I am fully biased, full gung-ho, cheering for Vaughn. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. I still remember where I was when he was drafted. I was at uh, mm-hmm. Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, the draft happened to be on, of course, on all their TVs and everything. Yeah. And, and I was with a bunch of Chiefs fans, and they kept asking, who are the Broncos going to take at number two? 
And I, I told him, I said, I thought, I thought they'd lead towards Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. Just need that other cornerback opposite of champ Bailey kind of getting his, you know, uh, replacement there eventually. And, uh, then when they, but I said, I told him, I said, but I really want this Vaughn Miller guy. That man is just a man amongst boys on the field. And then when they took him, I just, just raised my arms up and just closed my eyes and just all excitement. And man, so you're right. There's a lot of, of homerism when it comes to, to Vaughn Miller and, I, he's just been so unfortunate. He's always kind of been that number two or number three best defensive player in football. You know, when yeah, he came man. into the league, JJ Watt and Aaron Donald. Now. Right now. Yeah. Donald or Donald or Donald. Yeah. Donald. Um, and so he just has always kind of been second fiddle there a little bit, but he's always right on that edge. And uh, so I'd, I'd love to see him win that. And it just would be just that, that last check Mark on a storied career. Yep. Oh, that would be great. I honestly, the as great as it would be to see him get defensive player of the year. How about a, a second Super Bowl MVP? That's a, I think I would prefer that one. A little <laughs> yeah. little more. So, uh, Shandy coming in here saying, I honestly felt Fitz or Darnold would have been better to push lock Teddy's steady. And there's not much to learn from pumping the brakes with Locke's style of play. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think that's, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is the most likely career arc for Drew Locke at this point. Right where he's like, oh man, you see the tools, some awesome throws. Like he was top five last year in big time throws, but also was one of the guys in the highest like turnover worthy plays. So it's like the roller coaster. It's gonna Ryan Fitzpatrick, Drew Locke, although Fitzpatrick's got that Harvard degree, which he can fall back on. Doesn't always make a guy a great football smart player, but uh um Fitz I'm in here for it. Darnold, I would have been okay with Darnold, but like what it cost to get Darnold versus what it cost to get Bridgewater. I'm happy with the picks. I'm pretty happy the what Broncos are paying very little for Bridgewater, giving up a six round pick off the top of my head. Yep. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's like bargain buying. Right. And there's a reason that he was a bargain buy, but like, I feel pretty good about the price. Maybe I shouldn't get too high about it, but it's not bad. Well, I mean, funny thing is of the three quarterbacks last year, Teddy Bridgewater probably played the best of the three and he yeah. cost, well, I guess, didn't cost the least or the least, but yeah, like I said, six round pick is nothing in today's NFL. Yeah. You know, teams are willing to throw that away for about anybody. Um, but we got BNS coming in here. Uh, said Al Albert Okwebenam will be a touchdown machine this year. Ten plus hashtag All Pro Bowls. Uh, I hope I hope Bowls does that. He had a great season, obviously last year. Uh, I think most have known here on building the Broncos and uh, with Eric and Lance on their show as well. We've been big bulls fans for a long time. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that kind of said, keep going on this guy. And uh, so I'm glad that that paid off. And now he's got his big career or his big contract. And I hope that just continues moving forward. As for Okwebenam and his being a touchdown machine. Yeah. I, I said last year that I thought his best role, especially as a rookie was going to be in the red zone. Mm-hmm. his ability to to go up and just make the plays above everybody else. That's what you love to see. I, I didn't think that he was going to be quite ready to be the, the end of the, in the between the talk tackles kind of guy. Um, but in the red zone. Yeah. I I'm, I'm here for it. And so I hope he gets healthy and whoever the quarterback is, I'm hoping that they can lean on him in the red zone and just throw some up there and he can go make up the, the great catches. Um, but Soren coming in here, Lund, uh, Soren Lundgren with a great question. Who is a better blocker at the tight end position? We've talked about this. Do the Broncos even have a blocking tight end? Um, Maybe this is some people will kind of come out of here uh, with this one, but I think Noah Fant is the best blocking tight end on this roster. He took big steps forward last year. Um, I thought he came into the league as a compared to many tight ends as a, like a C plus level blocker, right? If you're doing like the old school grading the player of their skill set. And last year I thought he went up to a pure, a pure B. He's actually pretty underrated in the blocking regard because the, I guess the pre-draft talking points of him being such a good weapon and the athlete type, but uh, he looks even bigger this year. Um, He's third year in the league, which is typically the year that you see tight ends break out third or halfway through their fourth year. Um, You see that tight end uh, breakout. So uh, I really think it is Noah Fant um, who is the best blocking tight end. I saw somebody earlier ask uh, the Broncos tight ends can be good. If Shermer uh, plans to use them, don't remember who exactly said that, but I'm sure John will pull it up. But uh, guys, um, last year, the Broncos had the fourth highest rate of tight ends, um, tight ends targets per game in the entire NFL. So uh, 
what does that say? Right. Like I, they weren't the highest in 12 personnel, but uh, they did use the tight end a lot. They were targeting yep. the tight end a lot. The only teams they were behind were the Raiders, Darren Waller, mm-hmm. duh. the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, duh. And um, the Eagles who, you know, don't have anybody. I would say that's better than Noah Fant, but Zach Ertz and Dallas Godard. Right. So it's like Broncos are not not using tight ends. I think that's that's yep. a that's just a bad narrative. I don't know who really started that, um, but uh, the ball's getting to the tight end. I, I think it's because so many people see that sh- when Shermer came in, the system that he loves to run is the three wide set, and they did play and, average, uh, like twelfth ranked um, in terms of uh, twelve personnel. So right, that is the two tight end stuff. They're not leaning into it, but they're also not like dead last, not even close. Right. Yeah, I, I think just because he came into it that way, there's a lot of people that thought that's exactly what he did because the tight ends didn't put up big stats. Well, the, the entire offense didn't put up big stats. So yeah. it just kind of plays into that whole idea. Um, yeah, can't play at tight end you if you don't block. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's very, very true there with Iowa. Everybody has to learn how to block. Yep, and uh, Michael coming in here saying undrafted tight end Sean Byer from Iowa could be the next undrafted player to make the Denver Broncos roster on offense. That would be great. Um, Sean Byer from uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, traveled down about 30 minutes to Iowa City. And a personal story about Sean Byer, buddy of mine, and uh, I drove up to Madison, Wisconsin for that 2015-2016 Broncos game. Uh, or Broncos, wow, Hawkeye game um, up in Madison. And uh, we bought, uh, we had a way too good of a time way too good of a time before the game. Let me tell you. And, um, we were kind of, you know, looking around, trying to find some food somewhere. And Sean Byers, mom waved us over. could tell that we were in need of some assistance and, uh, fed us up and, you know, sent us with a few, uh, adult beverages on our way as well. So, uh, Sean Byer, another player I'm probably not going to be uh, super unbiased towards because I stand Sean Byer because his mom saved me and my friend's life that day. Um, and it was not a great game. Um, but I don't remember. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, Sean Byer, a shout out to Sean Byer and especially his mom. I think his mom's name is Dawn. So, uh, thank you, Dawn. God bless. <laughs> uh, man. Um, we got Charlie Beagle coming in here saying Fant was unstoppable in the one game in one of the games. And we totally ignored him in the second half. Um, you're talking about the Titans game. And, um, my understanding was that there were plays that were designed to go to him and the ball did not get to him. So I will lead no further than that. You can draw your own conclusions. Um, so, uh, we got Albert coming back in saying they were a game. Oh, Andrew Morrow. Okay. We're coming with Andrew Morrow here, the $5 super. And, uh, we're going to be getting out of here pretty soon. So if you got your supers, get him in, beat the buzzer. Um, I'm going to ask y'all every week till it comes true, but what are the odds on Rogers to Denver? I don't do odds cause I'm not really much of a gambler. So Carl could probably give you something better, but, uh, Rogers to Denver, I will go 23%. I don't know. I, I think it's not going to happen. Um, this year, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it could draw out all the way through this year. Um, so I'm going to go 23% cause I was in between 20 and 25. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. 23%. All right. I'm going to go 46%. And 46? Come again. 46. Yes. I honestly, if I had to put odds on, I'd say it's like 75% chance that he does not play for the Packers this year, but only about yeah. a 46% chance of, of that, of just actually being that they get traded, that he trades, gets traded to the Broncos. Um, I, I just, I think the Packers are dug in. I think Rogers is dug in. And it's unfortunate that that is kind of where we're at. I think if I had to guess which one blinked for first, I'd say it's the Packers. Oh man. Just because oh, Rogers oh. is one of those guys that he can just, he can hang in there and he's got the money. He doesn't have to worry about the money. He's got other options of things that he could go out there and do. I we've said it on here before that Rogers isn't one of those guys that just so absolutely loves football. Like there, there's nothing else in the world. He's not one of those guys. He's got other interests. He's got other things that he can go do and have fun. And, and we've seen this offseason. He's out there having, you know, the, the time of his life. And uh, and so he doesn't need football. Football needs Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That's the, the bigger thing here. And I think he knows that. And for the Packers, they're going to have to make that decision. Like, is it worth us being so stubborn headed that we're going to be willing to miss out on getting maybe three first round picks for, for this guy that doesn't even want to play for us? 
I, I like I said, I just think the Packers are going to blink first. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I really hope that's the case, man. Um, Danny's saying 0%. So Danny going from the good vibes of Carl to the bad vibes there. We don't like that unless you're pulling against it. In which case, if you think that's, uh, what you want, then Godspeed. I'm not going to tell you what to cheer for or what to hope for. Yep. Other than uh, Broncos wins. we can, If we can't agree on that, I will gatekeep. If you're cheering against the Broncos, unless it's the end of the year and the last year for draft position, then I would be upset with you. Um, for your citizen, come in with a $10 super over on YouTube. Uh, one of the buzzer beaters here coming down the tracks. Do you guys think DeMornay Pearsonell uh, will start as a kickoff punt returner? If so, does Deontay Spencer get cut? Uh, no. And I guess that disqualifies the second question because I do not think he's going to be the starting punt off kick returner. I think more likely you're going to see if Deontay Spencer does get cut, I think KJ Hamler would be returning punts and Tyree Cleveland would be returning kicks. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the Broncos are trying to make it very clear to Spencer that what he did last year was unacceptable at times. I mean, he got benched at one point during the season because he was making so many bad decisions. Um, you know, he, he's got speed and he's got some moves. He's made a few great plays for the Broncos, but going back to like the two yard line and catching a punt, that's not smart football. (laughs) And he did it on a regular basis of catching inside the 10. Like that's supposed to be their cutoff. If you get to the 10 yard line and the ball's going over your head, let it go. Hope that it bounces into the end zone. If not, Hey, we live with it, but don't take it at, you know, the five yard line, the seven yard line, whatever. And he just kind of has, there's times where he had that attitude of, I know I can make a big play. It doesn't matter that this is the other smart decision to make. So um, I, I I still think Spencer has a chance to make this team. He's just got to, like I said, he's got to make some smarter decisions out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Um, well, we got another super here um, coming in from uh, Geimer Gaming saying, with well, a super sticker. Oh, I guess uh, John's probably going to pull that one up here <laughs> in a second. Um, and we got... Uh, George Newton saying Skangs was better. Uh, what's Skangs doing these days? Is he like the ass- assistant to the assistant regional mag- manager for the 49ers? <laughs> he is back with the 49ers. I think he is back as a quarterback's coach for them. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll uh, see we, how that goes. I do think that Skangs system was better for Drew Locke um, in a vacuum than uh, what Shermer wants, but that's because Shermer puts more mentally on the quarterback to execute his system where uh, Kyle Shanahan's tree. A lot of times that first read is the guy to go to, right. And where Shermer's is much more predicated on uh, uh, pre-snap and post-snap reads from the quarterback based on coverages, box numbers, et cetera, et cetera. So they put more on the plate of the quarterback with Shermer's scheme. And uh, depending on the quarterback, that sometimes can be better or sometimes that can be worse. So, yep. um, and also it, um, not just the, not, I don't want to just imply the intelligence, although you know, Ben Albright said like, oh, Drew Locke's known as the slow learner. Like, right. Like here we are. Like he's been supportive as anybody has been, but it just is what it is. Um, but um, let's get to uh, Geimer coming in here real quick with the, uh, the rock on signs. Thank you very much for the $3 super with the, the a in front of it too. Is that a, uh, it's the dollar sign. So it still must be a uh, USA dollars, but uh, John's mouthing something. It's not USA dollars. Well, either way, Geimer, uh, Geiger gaming. That's what it is. Geiger gaming. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Also, I, I'm not sure if uh, we had, um, Oh, it's Aussie. Okay. Thank you very much. Aussie, 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 Aussie. Oi, 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 oi. Uh, man, I traveled abroad with some Australians and you guys, maybe not you, uh, Geiger gaming, but very much fit the stereotype drinking and cussing. My God, great time. It was also the, uh, the summer prior to the USA 2016 election. And, uh, felt good to be Australians for a little bit because didn't want to be asked every two seconds about that from Europeans. Uh, not, wouldn't, that would not be the most fun. Um, but guys, we got to get out of here. Uh, it's, we're at an hour and three minutes. Uh, John has a hot date. Not, I don't know. I'm just making excuses. Um, he's just rolling his eyes. Maybe. Ooh, kissy face. John, don't, don't tease me. It's getting, that's already too hot in here. Um, but uh, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate everybody who came in today and contributed uh, so much. Um, I know that times can be tough, um, but anybody who did a super chat, superstar, super sticker, uh, we see you. We really appreciate it. Um, helping keep the lights on, on the show. Obviously we're not competing with each other um, in, in regards to the, the money making every time, but it certainly doesn't hurt and keeps us relevant um, when we can do stuff like that. And uh, you know, you guys help a heck of a lot. Uh, follow us on Twitter, please uh, follow Carl at Carl Dumbler MHH. Also follow John at John K MHH and follow myself 
at Nick Kendall MHH. While you guys are all over on Twitter, please follow the show account for building the Broncos at BTB football pod and the mothership at mile high huddle uh, doing all that. you know, you can get to our contacts. If there's a question on here that you guys uh, thought that we deserve to be answered that we didn't get to seriously at us on Twitter, we will give you a personal talk right now. If you just want to talk ball with us, that's fine. You know, that's great. Uh, it doesn't just have to be on the live stream. You know, I, I can admit addicted to Twitter right here. This guy, my <laughs> wife will be the first to say addicted. Um, so if you got, especially with football stuff, oh, so if you guys got something you want to talk about, please get after us at Carl and I, um, Carl also, I feel like he beats me to the punch a lot of times on those ones that he gives, you know, three, four tweet responses. So you're getting, you're getting your money's worth guys. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter, get after us. Um, guys, please also, if you're on Facebook, click those little thumbs up. As we like to say, we got an angry react right now from Zebulon. Oh, Zebulon. We love you. I don't know what the angry react for. I hope he just misclicked unless he was angry that the show was so good that he couldn't even stand it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> click the thumbs up, click the heart react, click the thumbs up or, uh, click the carry act. Also, we appreciate that one. If you join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod or facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Click those pages, find those pages. Um, Join us there. Also, guys, make sure you are, uh, there we go, joining us on YouTube by subscribing, liking, and sharing. Uh, I know that not everybody's in a spot where they can financially contribute, but doing this can help us a lot as well. It helps all the shows also. So um, thank you, everybody, for coming in, being supportive. Mike S. saying love the show. Mike, we love you. Uh, I'm not the biggest Alabama guy out there, but uh, seeing you in here with the Alabama stuff, you're, you're definitely – giving them a good name. So maybe, maybe I'll lean into them a little bit. I'll, I guess the Broncos drafting them back to back years might do that too. Uh, Bob Skinner. Great show, Bob. You're great. Jay saying, love y'all. Um, Thad Benson saying good work, fellows. Thank you very much. Thad. God, what a, what a handsome, uh, lip sweater that is right there. <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Sandal saying, thanks for a good podcast. Fellas pillar uh, came in late guys. The show is going to be up on, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it on there. Um, and EJ saying great show guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us guys. We love y'all. Yeah. Anything, anything you want to say before we get out of here, Carl? Yeah. Just what EJ said here. Buenas noches, Broncos country or good night Broncos country Mm -hmm. for those who do not Espanol. Uh, but, uh, no, just thank you guys all for joining us. And I know sometimes we disagree as we saw here today, there were some that disagreed with us and that's fine. We love that. We really do. Yes. Uh, we love that kind of conversation and anything that anybody else can bring to the table. You know, that, that's what makes this show so fun is, is getting to have those kind of conversations. And uh, so we really appreciate you all just joining us here. Uh, it's going to be a long off season here for a month and a half or so, but you know, that's the great thing about having this kind of podcast is we still get a chance to stay connected and get to talk about some Bronco football and just talk about general in life. You know, that's what I love. And uh, so we, again, just appreciate everyone, Nick, John, appreciate both of you guys. It's uh, always brightens my Tuesday to see both of your faces. So uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I love you guys. Yeah, I Aww. really do. But uh, we need to get so the no, heck out of here. It's getting too sappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot here to be that lovey. Um, yeah. All right. Well, guys, everyone stay safe. Uh, Carl and I will see you again on next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. I will see you guys uh, riding solo again on Thursday morning um, for Broncos for Breakfast. Everyone stay safe. Like I said, stay cool. God. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. And tune in tomorrow. Huddle up, guys are back. Love y'all. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.